Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right, take your Bibles this morning, open them up to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Have your Bibles ready because we're going to be turning to several scriptures this morning, but we're going to start here in Hebrews chapter 1. I told you we're going to talk about Jesus, and um, really this, uh, this whole book is written uh, to the Jewish people, to the Hebrews, to show that Jesus Christ is better. Jesus Christ is better. In Hebrews chapter 1, in verse 1, the Bible says this, God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by His word of His power, by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels and hath by an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. God spoke. It's interesting. Isn't that that how the Bible starts? That He begins to speak the world into existence. But God throughout history has spoke in, in various ways and in many times and and in many different, uh, through many different people. And God has always wanted to speak to His people. God has always wanted uh, His Word to go forward. In the Old Testament, we see that God used His prophets. He used His prophets to speak to His people. But in the last days, <clears throat> He says that He sent His Son, the great prophet. Right, amen. The prophet that came to us. The Bible says this, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. Even the only begotten of the Father. He has spoken. It's wonderful for us who are created. God's creation to think that God, He speaks to us. He wants us to hear from us. He wants us to hear what He has to say. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, God has had many means of communication, but we as, we as people, we as His created, we need to hear from God, don't we? In our daily lives and in our, our, our life, we need to hear from God. And the good news is that He speaks. That if we seek, if we listen, if we have ears to hear, we'll hear Him speak. Now, today, in this day and age, 
We have a better means of communication with God. Now, it wouldn't have been all that bad in the Old Testament to hear from the prophet Isaiah. It wouldn't have been bad to hear from Elisha what God had to say. But now, He sent Jesus Christ. Now, He's given us a more sure word of prophecy. He has come Himself. It's interesting how Hebrews starts here just like a mini Bible and it starts with God and Jesus Christ, the Creator. The Creator. Take your Bibles. I said we'd be turning a little bit, but turn with me to Ephesians. Just back a couple books to Ephesians chapter 3. We're talking about Jesus Christ this morning, and when we talk about Jesus Christ, we start in the beginning with Jesus Christ as the Creator. In Ephesians chapter 3 and in verse... Let's start in verse 17. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. It's interesting that uh, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. I think of the verse in Colossians where he says in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You say, how is it that we let Christ dwell in our hearts uh, that we may grow and be rooted and grounded in our faith uh, by allowing the Word to dwell in our hearts? As we allow the Word to dwell in our hearts, the Word, Christ, He is dwelling in our hearts richly. That's how we get rooted and grounded and be able to become fruitful in our Christian life as we allow Christ to dwell in our hearts or Christ's Word to dwell in our hearts Richly, verse 18, he says, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto Him, Jesus, be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all the ages, world without end. Amen. I said this morning we're here to meet together. It's more about Jesus. And my goodness, isn't that the purpose of the church? The purpose of the bride of Christ to be able to bring glory to God, to be able to come together and say, tell me more. I want to know more about this height and this breadth and the depth and all these different things that Christ has that I can be rooted, he talked about, in my faith. That's one of the purposes that Hebrews was written for was that the, that the Jewish believers could understand that Christ was better, that Leviticus was only a shadow of the reality of Jesus Christ. A shadow of things to come. He wanted them to be encouraged to stimulate their faith. The Bible says this, without faith it is impossible to please God. That's in Hebrews chapter 11. Without faith it's impossible to please God. But with faith, That pleases God. You could almost stop right there. Without faith, it is impossible to do just about anything that is eternal. 
But by faith, all things are possible with Christ. He wants us, as he writes this book in Hebrews, he wants them to live up to their privileges. The nation of Israel, the Hebrew people, had a lot of privileges as being God's people, a lot of promises. But they weren't living up to their total potential, the privileges that were now in Christ brought about by this New Testament. He says, for us as Christians, the reason why we want to learn more and more about Jesus is because there's great heights, great depths, great lengths to which Jesus Christ loves us and has shown His love for us. And in us learning that and comprehending that, this is how we begin to grow and become fruitful in our Christian life. Jesus Christ is so high. He is so high. He's so great. He's so mighty. So high and lifted up that we can't get above Him. We can't go over Him. I mean, He is so low. He goes so far down uh, to reach us that we can't go under Him. He's so wide that we can't get around Him. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the eternal God, and how great He is. Jesus Christ, the Creator. He came to us. That's amazing, isn't it? That the Creator, God, He came to us. In John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, familiar passage, He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. This is Jesus Christ who came to us. You say, why did God, the Creator, Jesus Christ, come to us? He came to us to deliver us. He even said that when He was here. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. In Colossians chapter 1, in verse 12, the Bible says this, starting verse 13, Who hath delivered us? from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son in whom we have redemption through His blood. If we've been saved here this morning, we've been redeemed. We've been bought back from the penalty of sin, from the darkness that we were once in and now translated, now put into the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. He says, even the forgiveness of sins I like this. It uh, goes along with Hebrews chapter 1. He says, Who is the image of the invisible God? The Bible says God is a spirit. But one day we're going to look into the face of God Almighty. One day when we step into heaven and stand before Him, we're going to look into the face of God Almighty. And that is the face, the express image. That is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. You say, what does God look like? God is Jesus Christ. He is the express image of God. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn, the Bible says, of every creature. And then it says, for by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether there be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, They were created by Him. And here's the other thing. They were created for Him. You say, why are things created? For Him. You say, why is there earth? For Him. 
Why is there, why are we here? That's a big question, isn't it? Why are we here? People ask that all. For him. For him. He says, he is before all things. And I like this. This is deep. We're kind of getting, it's, we're going through, we're going kind of fast, but just in Hebrews chapter 1, those first four verses, and, and even here in Colossians chapter 1, this is pretty deep. If you want to go a little deeper in this, he says, and for by him all things consist. You say, what's holding this all, all together? Christ? By him all things consist? I think if, if it wasn't for him, we just blow apart. <laughs> In more ways than one, right? He says, He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of all the dead, that in all things He might have, I like this, the preeminence. You say, what's church about? Oh, the first thing is about Him. That's right. Amen. He's the head of the church. He's the Savior of the body. He's the foundation. He's the door. He's everything. He should have the preeminence of the church. Coming to church on a Sunday morning, on, on you know, the day that we can uh, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ as He rose on Sunday morning to come together and say, uh, it is Christ that we look to. It is Christ that we worship. And it's more about Jesus that we want to know as we come to worship Him and to give Him the preeminence. He's the Creator. He is before all things. He is above all things. He is below all things. He is great and eternal. He's the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was the light of Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. He was the light in, in, in creation. He is the light in Revelation chapter 21, verse 23 of New Jerusalem that has no need of the sun because the Lamb is the light thereof. John the Baptist said this, he said, I am not the light, but am come to bear witness of that light. That was the light that cometh into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. He wants us, Jesus Christ wants us to come to Himself, to come to the light, the light of the world. He said, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on Me should not abide in darkness. He is God in the flesh. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 he says, in whom the God of this world, small g, the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them the express image of His person. It's by His power that we are held together and by His power that we consist. He says there in Hebrews chapter 1 that it was by Jesus Christ Himself that He made possible for our sins to be forgiven. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. And now... Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God making intercession for us as believers. In other words, I think the point that I'm trying to make uh, this morning is Jesus Christ is everything to us. As a church, as believers, as Christians, 
He is everything to us. As early as the, as early as the uh, uh, 4th century, believers started to write about Jesus Christ's a threefold office, um, about Him being our prophet, our priest, and our king. You say, what is that? Jesus Christ has a name that is above every name. That's why it's so wonderful for us as, as Christians to call ourselves Christians. It's such a privilege to say that I'm a Christian. Why? Because He has a name that is above every name. You say, Jesus Christ is our prophet, priest, and king. First, I'd like to look at Him as our prophet. The great prophet. The prophet that, you know, in the Old Testament, God the Father would send prophets. And he, they, they would go to the people and they would proclaim the truth. They would proclaim direction and proclaim the future. But in these last days, in these last days, God sent His Son, the great prophet. The prophet that reveals God. Listen, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, we wouldn't know who God is. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, we wouldn't have this connection between God. He is the express image, the word, full and final. When we think of Jesus Christ as the prophet, we think of Him as the one that proclaims truth. The one that came to us to proclaim the truth. He's the Word, right? This is the truth. The truth. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. See, the Scripture, the Word of God, this more excellent Word of prophecy, this is not just an idea. It's not just a concept that now we all need to build off of. That's not what this is. This is a body of truth, a body of doctrine. This is full and final. The words of Jesus Christ, it is complete. It's come to us as truth. That's good news. That our prophet has come and has given us truth that we no longer have to walk in darkness, but we can come to the light and seek the light through the words of Christ, through His word that has come to us. When we think of prophesying, when we think of prophesying now, we think of preaching. This morning, I'm I'm preaching, but what is my preaching based on? My preaching is based on Christ and Him crucified. Christ and Him crucified. The Gospel, that's the whole... If it wasn't for that, this would not have meaning. (laughs) Eternal purpose. But Christ and Him crucified. And what we really desire is as any preacher, and we're all called to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, as any preacher, what we really desire is that great prophet to preach through us. That's That's what we really desire because without it, it's just man's words. What we really want is the Holy Spirit to work through us. We want as we tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. There is just something supernatural about the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what we really desire is 
as you hear my words, that the hearer, that the hearer doesn't hear the man's words, but the hearer hears the great prophet's words. That they hear that he has come and that he is truth and that he is the way and the truth and the life and that no man cometh unto the Father but by him. Jesus has come to us as our great prophet. It's interesting. You say, did God come to us? Did God come to man? Yes, Yes, he did. And here's the interesting thing. God came to man. God came to us through Jesus Christ. And we go to God through Jesus Christ, the great prophet. He has come and He's proclaimed the truth of who He is and the way to reconciliation, being reconciled to God. Jesus Christ, our prophet. When you think of Jesus Christ as our priest, you think of a priest, you think of one that begins to reconcile us to God. You think of someone that makes intercession for us to God. And Jesus Christ is our high priest. You're in Hebrews, or you were in Hebrews. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews talks a lot about Christ as our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 10, remember we're saying more about Jesus. You say, how is Jesus working in my life? Uh, he's your prophet. Amen. How is Jesus working in my life? He came to you. How is Jesus working in my life? He's your priest yep. right here today now. He's your priest. The Lamb of God. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse... Let's start in verse... Boy, these are all good. This whole chapter is good. Verse 11. Hebrews 10, 11. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which could never take away sins. But this man... This man... Jesus Christ, after he had offered... One sacrifice for sins forever sat down at the right hand of God. Our priest became our sacrifice. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. He's talking about us. He's perfected us. He's set us apart for his service. This is our priest. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. He sealed us. When God looks down at the sanctified, His redeemed, the Holy Spirit is our seal given to us by our salvation. This is the covenant which I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds. Will I write them? Let's skip ahead to verse... Boy, these are all good. Verse... uh, Verse 20, 20 uh, let's go to verse 22. I, I got to read verse 11 too. Let's just start in verse 19. 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. His flesh was ripped and torn for us that now there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing separating us 
There was always something separating man from God. But now that his flesh, the veil, was torn, there is nothing now separating us from God. Now you and I can come boldly before the throne of grace because of our priest. This is the work of our priest that he has done in our lives. He says, uh, uh, and having a high priest over the house of God, verse 21, let us draw near. We can come near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Our priest has made it possible for us to be clean. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another to uh, love and to good works. Our priest. I heard a preacher say this one time. If something dirty is going to become clean, something else is going to have to get dirty. If something dirty is going to get clean, something else is going to have to get dirty. Our priest got dirty for us. We were dirty. And he said, for them to be clean, I will take their sin upon myself. When he went down into the grave... For three days, He took our sin upon Him. Taking our sins upon us. That's what Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For He had made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That's right. Jesus Christ, who is in all points tempted yet without sin, He became sin for us. Then He says this, that we might be made the righteousness of God through Him. We were made clean by Him taking our sins upon Himself. I'm just trying to say more about Jesus. More about Jesus. The more that we learn about our high priest, the more it will cause us to fall in love with Him. That not only did He come to us and tell us the truth, but then when we turn to the truth, He Himself took our sins upon Himself and paid for them. Listen, salvation is free. Salvation is free for us. That's right, amen. But it was paid for by Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sins did not go unpaid for. It's just we don't have to pay for them. Christ paid for them. Our high priest. Turn to Hebrews 4. Like I said, Hebrews talks a lot about this. Christ is our high priest. Hebrews 4. <sighs> Hebrews 4 and verse 14, he says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Would you agree with that? That's right. We have a great Amen. high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not, I like this, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help 
and time of need. We can, this privilege that we have of prayer, that we can come to God and bring our requests and have communion and fellowship with, with God was all made possible by Jesus Christ, our high priest. And our high priest is not a high priest that is separate from us. But it is a high priest that completely and totally understands us. He says he's not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Another way of saying that is he can be touched by our feelings. That he can be touched by what we're going through. By the hardships by the trials, by the temptation. He can be touched. I think of what Peter said. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We have a high priest that feels our infirmities, our sicknesses, our failings, our sin, all of our troubles, our troubles and trials. He feels it. And he cares. He's the high priest that when he went to see Lazarus, his friend, the Bible says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That's our high priest that feels our pain. He says he came to preach the gospel to the poor, those that were in prison. You say, why? Because he feels our pain. But he's more than just a priest that can feel our pain. He's a priest that can do something about it. See, he cried when Lazarus died. But then he raised him from the dead. See, he's a priest that can do something about it, too. You know, we all sometimes can feel other people's pain. But many times there's nothing we can do about it. But we have a high priest that not only feels our pain, but he can do something about it. I'm telling you, we have a great high priest priest. We have a great high priest. Not only is he our prophet, not only is he our priest, but Jesus Christ is our king. He's the king of kings. (laughs) He's the Lord of lords. He's the eternal king. To his kingdom there will be no end. I think of the truth that we're going to serve somebody. We're going to serve something. Whether it's ourselves we serve or whether it's this world that we serve, whether it's pleasure that we serve, it's our choice. It's our own choice who we serve. But we have the option to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and to then serve, not only serve Him, but then rule and reign with Him. This is the King who the earth is his footstool. Look what he says about the earth in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse... Ten. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 10, the Bible says, And thou, Lord... In the beginning hath laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. 
They shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. You know, it's interesting when we think of the earth, when we think of the earth, the world that we are on, we think of, wow, this is, this is big. This is huge. You know, the vast mountains and the oceans and all that there is. But to the Lord, it's His footstool. To the Lord, it's like a vesture that one day He's going to say, this garment's gotten old. I'm going to have another one. Listen, we, God has made us the stewards of this earth. He's given us ownership of it. And so, as stewards, we should take care of it. We should uh, uh, have good conservation, all those sort of things. But I'm just here to tell you, for believers, for Christians... The world's not going to last forever. Even the world is temporal. Even the world is just, you say, what does the world have? That, and I'm talking about those that don't know Christ. They, you know, they get so bent out of shape about the world because to them that's all there is. For us, we know that there's a new heaven and a new earth. And a new Jerusalem coming. We're talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords that is eternal. And His kingdom is eternal. I think of the picture of Jesus Christ and the second coming and Him coming back. The Bible talks about the heavens open in the book of Revelation. And He comes back on a white horse to make war. And the Bible says that His name is the Word of God. And on His vesture and on His thigh are are His names written, King of kings and Lord of lords. As we think of Jesus Christ as our King, we think of a King that is worthy of our worship. He is our all in all. I have one more passage for us to look at in Romans chapter 11. Turn to Romans chapter 11. As Jesus Christ is our prophet, He's our priest and our King. If you're here this morning, the message is fairly simple. If you're looking for truth, if you're seeking truth, seek the great prophet. Seek Jesus Christ. It's more about Jesus, His Word. Come to the light. If you're here this morning and you need forgiveness, you need redemption, you need help, you need deliverance, you need salvation, you've never been saved or born again, come to the great high priest who will deliver you. If you're here this morning and you're looking for purpose, in your life. Surrender to the King of Kings and His calling and His kingdom and His purpose. In Romans chapter 11 and verse 33. We've just been studying this on Wednesday nights and I can't get over it. <laughs> he says, oh, Paul says, oh, oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been His counselor or who hath first given to Him that it should be recompensed unto Him again. For of Him, of God, of Jesus Christ, and through Him, and to Him are all things. That really sums up the Bible right there. You say, where do we come from? Uh, of Him. What is the answer to the things that are past there? Of Him. 
He's the Creator. It's through Him that we live. It's through Him that we consist. It's through Him that we serve. And it's to Him. You say, where are we going? Where is all this heading? What is the purpose of all this? To Him. It's all about Christ. He is our all and all of Him, through Him, to Him. He says, are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. And then He goes on to say, I beseech you therefore, brother. I beg you therefore, brother. I beg you, Christian, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. The world will try to conform us to its ways and philosophies. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, therefore, brother. What's the therefore? Because he's our prophet. Because he's our priest. Because he's our king. It only makes sense, therefore, brother, that we would present ourselves to God saying, God, I am yours. I am offering myself to you, God, for salvation, for service, and for my eternity. God, you are my all in all. God, you are so great. We're going to sing that, how great thou art. We're going to worship the Lord this morning. As you take your songbooks and turn to page 10, how great thou art. But if the Lord spoke into your heart, I would say like Paul the Apostle, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. If there's never been a time where you've accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, receive Him as as your priest. If there's never been a time that you've surrendered your life to the Lord for His service, for whatever He would have for you to do, serve Him, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.